Hi everyone, my name is the Senator and I'm crazy about books. I love reading them aloud, but my brothers can only sit still for about 20 seconds before they just run off or start screaming and wrestling. So I've decided to share my love of reading with you guys. I hope that you enjoy. Hello, it's time for chapter 23 of Keeper of the Lost Cities by Shannon Messenger. Welcome back, Elwyn said, placing a cool compress against her forehead. You know, for a girl who hates doctors, you sure can't seem to stay away from the healing center. She pulled herself into a sitting position, wincing as pain whipped through every muscle. Easy there, you've been out for nearly ten minutes, Elwyn flashed a yellow orb of light around her and put it on his glasses. Ten minutes? What happened? No idea. I've never heard of anyone getting seriously injured while splotching. Leave it to you, he chuckled. Her memories flooded back, splotching, flying backward through the room, Fitz's crumpled body. Where's Fitz? Is he okay? He's fine, Elwyn pointed to her left, where Fitz lay in a bed with his eyes closed. He's unconscious. He'll come around any minute. Elwyn placed a cold compress across Fitz's forehead, and his vivid eyes sprang open. Rama, what happened? He mumbled, closing his eyes. Elwyn chuckled. Must have been some splotching match. Will he be okay? Of course. If he weren't, Bullhorn would be freaking out right now, or worse, laying next to him. He pointed to the slinky gray creature curled up in the corner. Banshees can sense when someone's in mortal danger. Fitz hit his head a little harder than you, so he needs another minute for the medicine to set in. This is all my fault, Sophie groaned. She wasn't sure if that was true, but it seemed like the most likely option. What did you do during the match? Elwyn asked. I don't know. Fitz stirred, and he looked a little more lucid when he opened his eyes. How are you feeling? Elwyn asked. I've been better, but I'll live. Fitz winced as he sat up. Are you okay? He asked Sophie, rubbing the back of his head. She nodded, feeling shy. She hadn't really talked to him since the first day of school. Elwyn handed them each a blue vial. This will help ease the pain. You'll still be stiff tomorrow, but I can't help that. The glands behind her tongue zinged as Sophie swallowed the sour medicine, but the ache in her back vanished. Do either of you remember what happened? Elwyn asked as he collected the empty bottles. Not really, Fitz admitted. I remember pushing toward the splotcher, but then it was like it rebounded or something. Rebounded? Yeah, I felt my force hit hers and then bounce back at me. That's what I felt too, Sophie agreed. Elwyn's eyes widened, then he shook his head. Nah, couldn't be. Couldn't be what? Sophie asked, a horrible feeling he was going to tell her that it really was her fault. That sounds like what happens when somebody uses a brain push, using mental energy for telekinesis instead of core energy. But a brain push is a highly specialized skill only the ancients can pull off. Sophie's heart hammered in her ears. She had pulled energy from her mind in the match. Was that a brain push? Doesn't telekinesis always use mental energy? It uses mental control, Elwyn explained. 
Your concentration controls how you use the energy, where you send it, how much you send. But the actual energy and strength comes from your core. Don't you feel the pull in your gut when you draw on it? She did. But why would a brain push send us flying across the room? Mental energy doesn't mix well with core energy, so they'd rebound. That matched what she'd felt. But how could that be? Is it something you could do by accident? No way. It's less draining. It's a less draining way to move things, but it takes years and years to train your mind to store energy like that. Then it takes a lifetime of practice to use the mental power. It must be it must just be that you and Fitz were evenly matched, which is still weird, don't get me wrong. You're awfully young to have that kind of strength, but I wouldn't worry about it too much, Sophie. Fitz, on the other hand, might want to worry about being beat by a level two. Ellen laughed, and Sophie's face caught on fire. She was too afraid to look at Fitz to see if the teasing bothered him. Plus, she couldn't help wondering if Elwyn was wrong, if she'd done a brain push. But what she'd done had almost been effortless. If it was a brain push, wouldn't she have to try a lot harder? You two are clear to return to session. Ellen announced, interrupting her thoughts. But I want you sitting on the sidelines, and take it easy for the rest of the day. Thanks, Elwyn. Fitz stood on shaky legs, leaning on the bed for a second. Sophie jumped up, wobbling as the blood rushed to her head. Take it easy, Elwyn repeated as they made, made their way to the door. Oh, and Sophie? He grinned when she met her eyes. I'm sure I'll be seeing you soon. Fitz stayed quiet as they walked back to the auditorium. Sophie bit her lip. Was he mad at her? she just worked up the courage to ask him when they reached the amphitheater, and a round of applause drowned out the question. "'Yes, yes, welcome back, Fitz and Sophie. Glad to see you're feeling better,' Sir Caton said, looking a teensy bit annoyed by their interruption. He tried to call everyone back to order, but Dex, Marella, Bianna, and Keith broke rank and rushed over to them. Bianna got there first and threw her arms around Fitz, hugging him so tight he winced. It would have been touching it would have been a touching moment if Keith hadn't copied her and grabbed Fitz, pretending to cry. Fitz shoved them both away, blushing. Beat by a level two, Keith said, elbowing Fitz in the ribs. It was a tie, Sophie protested. Keith snorted. Oh, please, you totally kicked his butt. Totally, Dex agreed. He hit the wall way harder than you did. That was the greatest present you could ever give me, by the way, he whispered. Sophie shook her head. He was hopeless. Even the mentors declared you the winner, Keith added, wrapping an arm around her shoulders. If you don't think you'll need your pardon, I'll be happy to take it off your hands. Keith, Dex, Marella, Bianna. Need I remind you that you are not excused from this lesson, Sir Caton yelled. Think about it, Keith said, then ran to rejoin the class. Fitz sat next to Sophie on the sidelines, watching everyone practice telekinesis with the remaining splotchers. She tried not to worry, but she couldn't help glancing at him from the corner of her eye, wondering why he still hadn't said anything to her. Why aren't you and Bianna friends? he asked after a minute. It seems like you guys would get along. You have a lot in common. She wasn't sure she wanted to have things in common with someone who acted like such a brat. I don't think she has time for another friend, 
She's always busy with Maruka. He frowned. Before she could think of anything else to say, Lady Alexine delivered her prize, a small golden square with an intricate P etched on the top. Any level twos who holds her own against Fitz is the clear winner, she explained. Congratulations, Sophie. Thank you. She peeked at Fitz to see if he looked bothered. He grinned. I couldn't agree more. But his smile faded after Lady Alexine left. You really don't know what happened during the match? I... I don't know. I do remember pushing some energy from my mind, she whispered, afraid to look at him. But that couldn't have been a brain push, could it? Fitz had no idea how much she needed to him to tell her that it couldn't. Instead, he said, I'll have to ask my dad. She tried to smile, but she couldn't help feeling like she'd somehow done something wrong. The worry in Fitz's eyes seemed to confirm her fears. So later that afternoon, she worked up the courage to ask Grady about brain pushes while she helped him give Verdi a bath. Why? he wanted to know. Sophie focused on lathering Verdi's feathers as she told him what happened in P.E. Grady and Edeline knew about her telepathy and her silent mind, but she hated reminding them how different she really was. Who'd want to adopt a freak as their daughter? She'd tugged out three loose eyelashes before he finally spoke. That does sound like a brain push. His voice was a whisper. When you were around humans, did someone train you how to use your abilities? No one knew about my abilities, not even my parents. Why? Verity stirred, getting annoyed with her distracted bathers. Grady waited until the soggy dinosaur had settled before he answered. The way you use your mind, Sophie, someone had to have te taught you. It's not possible that you can just instinctively know these skills. But no one taught me anything. I'd remember that. Would you? How could she not? Besides, how could a human even know how to teach me to use my abilities? It's not like they can do what we can. Grady stared in the distance. No, you're right. Only an elf could teach you. And the first elf I met was Fitz, she added, reminding him as much as herself. She didn't like the worry lines that creased his forehead. She couldn't have met an elf without knowing it, could she? No, she'd never met anyone else with a silent mind, except for the jogger that day. But she'd barely talked to him for five minutes. He couldn't have done something to her, could he? Wouldn't she have felt something? And why would he do that? Plus, Fitz said they'd been looking for her for 12 years. Even the council didn't know where she was. There was no way she could have met with other elves. But if humans didn't teach her and elves didn't teach her, who did? She searched her memories for the rest of the night, but when she went to bed, she was no closer to the solution. So many things about her past raised more questions than they did answers. It was enough to drive her crazy. She had to let this go. She had enough to worry about with her adoption and Bronte gaining the council's permission to stay at Foxfire. Once she had her future settled, she could search her past. Until then, she tried to put it out of her mind. Okay, that's it for today, folks. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.